أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين والصلاة والسلام على رسوله سيدنا محمد وعلى آله وأصحابه وأزواجه وذرياته وأهل بيته ومن تبعهم بإحسان وبعد كتاب عيادة المريض وتشيع الميت والصلاة عليه وحضور دفنه والمكث عند قبره بعد دفنه The chapter regarding visiting uh, visiting uh, the sick and following uh, the dead the, the the deceased to their place of burial and praying their funeral prayer their janaza and uh, staying or standing by their grave and burying them. So all of these things are in the same bab. The idea being that when you visit the sick, there's an inward and outward reason that you visit them. The inward, and it's important not to confuse them and to keep everything in their place. The inward reason is what? The outward reason is what? The outward reason is that you're going to make that person feel better you're going to say a good word to that person, you will make them happy, you will make them feel like they're not alone in their moment of pain, uh, in their moment, moment of suffering, and it's really important. And there's a lot of people nowadays, there's pro- perhaps no age that's more selfish than the one that we're in right now. If someone is sick and they have to suffer alone and no one visits them, no one sees them, they'll become very sad. And there's no age in which people suffer more anonymously in this, in this condition than today. A person may be in a hospital, they may have the most state-of-the-art equipment, they may have the best insurance, but if you're alone, it's really horrible. And your psychological state has a lot to do with your outcomes. Uh, am I wrong? Am I just making that up? Right? It has a lot to do with your, your outcomes in terms of how, you know, whether you're going to get better or not, how long it takes you to get better, how much pain you feel, how much suffering you feel. And uh, it's it's really uh, uh, it's really like good when good people come and visit a person. The inward reason, however, is very different. The inward reason is that it's a reminder of death. It's a reminder of where you're going in life. That nothing works forever. Everything that goes up must come down. Everything that that flies high, uh, Allah Taala has written for all created things that every every single thing will taste death. Every single thing will, at some point or another, um, uh, decline, and it will go back uh, into the state of nothingness from whence it came. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, even the Yawm al-Qiyamah itself, there will be a time, Allah ta'ala, the trumpet will be blown, everything will be destroyed, and for some time that's known in the ilm of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, uh, there will be nothing. And Allah will create it again, just as a proof or just as a demonstration. Why He does it, we don't ask why about Allah ta'ala. One of the hikmahs is what? that it will show us uh, very clearly that nothing has an, an existence that's eternal or that, that has a reality of its own except for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Uh, and so visiting the sick is a sign for you that you can take that, that this person who used to be healthy, who used to be happy, they're going through pain, they're going through difficulty, this is where all of us is, are going. Now it's really important to not conflate the two of them. If you walk into the room of a sick person with the look on your face like, oh my God, death is coming, 
then you're not, you're not helping them and you're not helping yourself. That's not good. Do not walk into a, into a room and be like, oh brother, you know the akhirah and this and that and other thing. And they're like, yo, no, I, hopefully I'll be out of the hospital next week and think, no, no, you're going to, you know, this and that. Don't do that. That's, for, that's inward, that's for you yourself to ponder over. For your brother, you should give them hope, you should give them, tell them about the reward of enduring suffering, tell them about the reward, tell them that, that will help you if you need anything, do you want something, can we get you something, that we're there for you. Make them feel, make them feel better. Even someone who's terminally ill, they know themselves they're going to die, say a good word to them, remind them about the mercy of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, remind them about the... The, the, the good Allah Ta'ala is prepared for the believers. Remind them that the doctors are not the ones who choose who dies and when they die. It's Allah Ta'ala. And they're oftentimes wrong as well. Uh, uh, despite the uh, best uh, education that whatever uh, uh, has to offer or uh, you know whatever institution in America or Pakistan or the Caribbean has to offer. Despite all of those things, Allah Ta'ala overrules uh, uh, their, their prognostications very frequently, mashallah. So be positive about it, regardless what the circumstances. And there's an, an, a different reward for both of those things. You get both of them at the same time. Uh, and, you know, the, as far as praying the janazah of the deceased, as far as, uh, you know, following the janazah, honoring the person, being present at their burial, and all of those good things, uh, as far as those things are concerned... Uh, one thing I heard from a rabbi one time, which is, the meaning is correct and it's filled with hikmah. He said that in our tradition we consider burying the dead to be one of the greatest acts of piety. And the reason he gave for that is what? Is that the person for whom you're, you're doing a favor, there's no way they can repay you. So there is a, 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 a diminishing amount of conflict of interest in it. Uh, that that person, there's almost nothing they can do to repay you in this world. Uh, and so that's that's also uh, something to think about. عن البراء ابن ابن عازب رضي الله تعالى عنه قال أمرنا رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم بعيادة المريض واتباع الجنازة وتشميت العاطس وإبرال المقسم ونصر المظلوم وإجابة الداعي وإفشاء السلام متفق عليه. Al-Bara ibn Azib narrates that the Messenger of Allah وسلم, commanded us to the following. The Messenger of Allah وسلم, commanded us to visit the sick and to follow the janaiz, the funeral prayer when it happens to pray it and then follow that person to their uh, resting place where they're buried. وَتَشْمِيتِ الْعَاطِسِ and that when someone should uh, sneeze and say Alhamdulillah, that you should give them the benediction of Yarhamukumullah. Wa Ibrar al Muqsim, and the person who swears an oath by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, uh, 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 that person, uh, you should aid him in, in, in fulfilling that oath. The person who, who swears an oath by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, you should aid him in f fulfilling that oath. So whatever, you know, when somebody uh, uh, makes a, st stands up at whatever the Khalil Center fundraiser and pledges, I'm going to give like whatever, $700,000, then afterward, help him fulfill that amount. Don't be, don't be like a person who's, don't be like a hater afterward and be like, well, why'd you say that? You're never going to this and that. You're not going to, no. Say, I know someone, let's go talk to them. They'll, you know, you'll get 50 from here and you'll get 10 from there and, you know, I'll help you with this. You know, let's sit down and let's map out how we're going to do it. I'll help you. I'll find, I'll find, I'll, I'll take this much on myself, etc., etc. 
What's the, what's the uh, result of that? The result of that is that then people will feel more confidence in doing good things. And if they feel more confidence in doing good things, they'll do more good things. That we take these things as a collective duty. That's the culture and the society that we want to make. Obviously, a person should be very careful when they, when they, when they say that they're going to do something. When they swear that they're going to do something, they promise they're going to do something. They should not take that. Uh, they should not take that uh, uh, that, that uh, promise lightly. But at the same time, when someone is going to do something good, we should be there for each other. This is part of this is part of the adab of 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 of, of wilaya that we were there to help people. This is one of the uh, Nabi sallallahu alaihi wasallam's sifat that say that Khadija radhiyallahu taala anha said about him when he first received the wahi and he said, "Ini khashitu ala nafsi, I fear for myself." So, "Wallahi la yuzika Allahu abadan." By Allah, Allah Taala will never humiliate you. And she named a number of virtues of the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam because of which Allah Ta'ala would never humiliate him. And the last in the list is what? What Tu'inu ala nawa'ibil haq. That you're the one who helps other people uh, when they have to go through all the vicissitudes and difficulties that, that always come along with standing with the haq. That Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam not only stood with the haq himself, but like, you know, you have a good day, you have a bad day. If you're, if you're having a good day, but you see someone else did what's right, and because of that, you know, keeping it real went wrong, and they're having a hard time, uh, uh, then, then you should also go to that person. This is part of piety as well, that you go to that person, and you say, hey, uh, you know, that's, I know you're going through difficulty because you spoke the truth, or because you did what was right, or you, you know, tried to help, and it's backfiring, and all that other good stuff. Let, let me help you, you're not alone. Let me help you, you're not alone. What does that mean? That means more people, I mean, if we want a, a society in which more people will speak the truth, if we want a society in which more people will, uh, you know, help one another, if we want a society in which, uh, you know, just good things happen, we have to incentivize the behavior that gets you to those good things. And this is a problem. There's a type of quote-unquote hikmah that people have, which is very, very, and uh, people from Muslim countries, unfortunately, are like experts at this. They're very, very good at looking at their, after their own uh, concerns, which is what? Don't say something in this, in this gathering, because if you say something about what's going on, um, it's going to give you difficulty in the future, or people are not going to like you, and you're not going to change anything anyway, and this is going to happen, that's going to happen. Whereas, as an individual, it's true. Sometimes speaking the truth is a very little benefit to a person. Sometimes taking a stand is of very little benefit to a person personally. In fact, there's no way you can see that there's going to be any benefit in it at all. But there are certain things. Look, we benefit from Islam. We benefit from the sacrifices of our forefathers. We benefit from the sacrifices of the Sahaba radiallahu anhum. You know, we enter the masjid. You know, we enter the masjid without anyone asking us for a membership, without anyone ask for, asking for us for a tithe. We enter the durus of the ulama without anyone demanding money for us. One of the things that ulama find strange is that you know, even over here, if you want to take courses of study and things like that, there's like uh, fees and admissions. Uh, and, and that's something I, mashallah, by Allah's fadl, I studied in so many places with the best of teachers and no one took a cent from me, mashallah. No one even asked. They found the, the question strange. When I was in Pakistan, I remember I actually asked the Shaykh al-Hadith of the Madrasa, I said, I said how, much, uh, how much, you know, should I pay? He's like, I don't know. Nothing. It's for, it, you know, that's how it is. You don't pay for this. And I'm like, no, I don't want to eat from the money of other people's sadaqat because I have, I have enough to pay for, for, for my education. He's like, I don't even know what number to tell you. 
I said, well, can you do me a favor? Go talk to the accountant uh, for the madrasa and, uh, um, you know, see the expenditure and divide it by the number of students that the expenditure of the madrasa and divide it from the, by the number of students and give me a number monthly and I'll just give you that much. So he came back to me with like this ridiculously low sum. It was like 500 rupees, which at the time now is probably like uh, uh, five bucks, but at, at the time it was probably like eight, 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 nine dollars, right? A month. Uh, uh, which is like the electric bill and like how much they spend on food because they used to grow the wheat in the madrasa itself for the roti and things like that and how much they spend on salaries and things like that. It came out to this like super low number that's even for Pakistan purposes is like almost unbelievable. Um, and so, but that, so over here, this institution, nobody supports them. People, nobody cares. I mean, even that much, even that, imagine if, if, if you have teachers and they're taking such a meager salary and that that can be how much it costs to educate you, and people are not even willing to support that much. It's a problem. So okay, I don't, you know, our institutions that we have, some of them they take money, they charge tuition and things like that. It's a necessity. The preservation of the knowledge, the fard kifaya, the blame of it doesn't go on the ulama that supposedly became money hungry uh, because they're not really making that much money either from charging. But it goes it goes on the entire society for not keeping up that 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 tradition and that spirit. Which, inshallah, we can change, inshallah. You know, when you become like the big hospital administrator and you have like all these, mashallah, rich disciples and whatever other people are doing, you know, you, uh, get, get, you know, whatever, have the big, like, uh, big, 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 uh, big name clients and whatever. And uh, Nabil, whatever you do, you do that too. Uh, <laughs> right? But the thing is that, that, that coming back to the, 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 the point, if we want a society where that stuff happens, we benefited from that. We, we benefited from those ulama, not just the teachers that taught me directly, or the ones that taught us directly, but then they benefited from their teachers, they benefited from their teachers. This is a whole society that people were not concerned you know, uh, about their own individual welfare exclusively. And the sharia doesn't say give up your own individual welfare. You have to take care of certain things in your life. You have to take care of having enough food to eat. You have to take care of you know, uh, having a, a place to stay that won't kill you. Uh, you have to take care of, if you're married, you have to take care of th that stuff for your missus. You have to have enough you know, wherewithal to clothe your nakedness in a way that's not, that's not like, you know, completely shameful in the society that you're in. Uh, you know, so do that. But then after that, you should give some, and you can after that also give some uh, preference to yourself. Say, okay, I, w I always wanted to go to Peru, so I'm going to go on vacation to Peru without telling my friends. But I'm going to go on vacation and see like Machu Picchu and whatever, right? That's great. That's wonderful. You can do that, but don't make it everything that you do. And know between us that the amount after that point that you, that you spend on, uh, on, on the benefit of others, that's commensurate to that amount. That's what your worth is with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So if it's 100% of your stuff you spend on, on yourself, you're 100% worthless to Allah Ta'ala. Under that amount, you're getting reward from, from Him. If you're struggling just to get by with you, your family, Al-Kasibu Habibullah, the one who earns for himself and earns for his family, that one is the beloved one of Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala. After that point, however, if everything is 100% just for yourself, you're 100% worthless with Allah Ta'ala. If you die in that state, that's, 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 that's completely like a fail. The degree, you, the degree that Allah Ta'ala loves you is the degree to which you do things for, for others around you afterward. And we benefited from that if we don't uphold that, that tradition 
then that benefit will cut off with this generation and the people in the future are not going to receive it anymore. And the strange thing is, if you want to benefit yourself, benefiting others is one of the best ways of doing so. Because you as an individual can't, cannot do anything to change the world. But when people come together, they can do a lot. You are not going to fight the government. Obviously, nobody wants to. We love the government. Nobody wants to fight the government, right? We love the government. But the thing is, you cannot fight against them, even forget. I'm not talking about like violence and all that jazz. I'm talking about like illegal. There's a, you have a problem with some uh, you know, enforcement of some law that's ha- happening in a discriminatory way. You as an indiv- individual, you can't do anything about it. But when like a hundred people show up to city hall, then the mayor might take you know you know pay attention. If you have a hundred people over which to defray like legal expenses for something like that, then people will pay attention. If you have a bad experience at like whatever United Airlines slammed your face into a, a, a um, you know into an armrest, it may have been any of them, mashallah. But the thing is that you have you may have you you may have this experience where something like that happens. If there wasn't social media to have a, a outrage about it, that one person's experience itself is not, it's not going to help anyone. So the strange thing is that being together, and there's like a hundred different ways in which being together will help us. It's not just in like legal matters, it's not just in economic matters, not just in political matters, not just in negative things, it's in positive things as well. Um, but being together and doing stuff for one another, it works out. And someone may feel like, oh, well, you know, people, I don't want to donate money to an organization. I don't want to help out. People are using it for their own benefit. Even with leeches and even with, with, with uh, uh, misappropriations and things like that, still society is better when people work for one another uh, rather than, 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 than tr- everyone separating themselves and becoming the prey of Iblis afterward. The, the hadith of the Prophet ﷺ is what? They stay with the jama'ah. Why? Because the wolf always hones in on the sheep that strays from the flock. When the flock is together, if like, you know, like five rams charge a, a wolf, they will kill it. But if one sheep is, uh, strays from the flock, what is it, it going to do? If the wolf can get to its throat before the other rest of the flock can get to it, uh, they'll just watch. Once the things die, dies, they're not going to engage with the wolf because there's no benefit now anymore in doing anything. So this kind of like uh, uh, selfish, like, oh, well, it's not going to benefit me. It's none of my business. I'm just looking out for myself. This time, it's really bad. It will end up harming you as a person. And even if, it do- if, even if it doesn't, there's another world that we have to go to after this one, in which case it's going to come up as an utter fail. So when we read this hadith of the Prophet ﷺ, right, the Ibrar al-Muqsim, uh, um, the, helping someone fulfill a vow what's the common thread between all of these things that they have to do with what they have to do with all of these things of fulfilling the rights of other people and, and, and helping other people in a way that's, that, 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 that's good for the community and good for society uh, at large and not necessarily a person may not see what the, what the benefit of it is for, for oneself in this world so what, what Ibrar al-Muqsim that we should help a person to fulfill their oaths that they take by the name of Allah Ta'ala. وَنَصْرُ الْمَظْلُومِ And if a person is, is, is being oppressed, that we're there to help that person. That if a person is being oppressed, we're there to help that person. We're not the people that someone's getting mugged on the street and people are just walking around. Someone's like dying, breathing their last breaths on, uh, you know, on a sidewalk somewhere and we just walk around because we've got somewhere to go and we can't be can't be bothered about uh, about it we're not the ones that like oh well you know look at poor people that's their problem if Allah Ta'ala wished to he would have he would have fed them 
لو شاء الله لا أطعمهم إن أنتم إلا في ضلال مبين الله تعالى says to those people that إن أنتم إلا في ضلال مبين you're nothing except for in in manifest error we don't help other people because if we don't help them they're not going to get help we don't feed other people because if we don't feed them they're not going to get fed the same Allah تعالى feeds you he'll feed the poor he'll feed everyone he'll take care of everybody it's for our own benefit if we don't feed them, how are we going to earn Allah Ta'ala's mahabba before leaving this world? That mahabba without which nobody will make it on the Day of Judgment. Wa Nasr al-Mazloom, this is one of the most proud, one of the most proud traditions of the Muslims. That if somebody picks on someone because they know they can get away with it, whether it's an individual or whether it's a group of people. If somebody picks on some people and, and, and oppresses them and takes from them unjustly and, and behaves with them unjustly, and a Muslim comes by, that's it. You just, you, know, you just made the to-do list. You better apologize very quickly because the Ummah of Islam is not down for that type of nonsense. Unfortunately, that has not you know, stayed the standard anymore with people's conduct and with their behavior. But this is one of the proudest sunan and one of the proudest traditions of Islam. Whether as a collective group of people or whether as individuals, it doesn't matter if that person is a Muslim or isn't a Muslim that's being oppressed. Rather, the, the, the da'wah, the du'a of the oppressed person, fear the, du'a, the hadith of the Prophet ﷺ, fear the du'a of the oppressed because there's no hijab between it and between Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Even if that person in this world is a kafir, yawm qiyamah, no one will be oppressed. Even in this world, if that person is not a Muslim, their du'a to Allah ta'ala is heard and it is answered. And if you wish it to be against you, there's one way of conducting yourself. If you wish it to be in your haq, there's a different way of connecting. This is an opportunity that that answered dua can be in your haq as well, that you help a person if they're, if they're being cheated, if they're being shortchanged, if they're whatever. Whether it's in your benefit or whether it's in your interest or whether it's not in your interest. وَإِجَابَةَ الدَّاعِي And if someone calls you to something, that you, uh, uh, that you uh, uh, answer that call. Uh, MashaAllah, nowadays there are people have very elaborate invitations. It looks like the, uh, whatever, Tang Dynasty Imperial Decree that I just got, like, appointed governor of, like, of, like, the, what's it called, the Forbidden City or something like that, you know? But uh, I remember my, my own sheikh. Uh, he, uh, uh, my, my father-in-law told me that for my, my, my wife's sister, she got, when she, when she was getting married, um, it's like a custom that like wedding invitations, uh, you know, amongst certain peoples that if you don't deliver it in person, people don't come or they have like these ritualized protocols. Like I gave you the invitation in a certain way and you didn't give it to me in another way or whatever. So these things, they, they, they kind of take on a life of their own. My, my father-in-law, he told me, he said he was so surprised. He said that Chishti uh, Saab, I went to go to, uh, to go and deliver the invitation to him. He's like, mashallah, one of the muhaqqiq ulama of, 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 of Pakistan. So he deserves some protocol. So he went to deliver the, the, the physical invitation in person. And uh, he said the first thing that, that the sheikh said to him, he says, he says, he says Mia, why did you uh, go through all this takallaf? You could have just called me on the phone, I would have come. Which is what, that's the sunnah of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. It's a sunnah to answer people's invitations. If they're rich, if they're poor, if you feel like you're in the same social class or, or less than them or greater than them, or if they're from a different race or if they're from a different place, or you, you, and you don't even, someone, I don't like you know, their food. I don't like a lot of people's food. You don't have to eat if you, don't, if you, if you go. You, don't, you, know, you can just eat a little bit and like whatever. To f- 
answered the 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 dawa the the invitation of another person uh, especially the believer is is a is a great sunnah it's a haq that a person has on you and there's obviously uh, exceptions to it if everybody over there is going to go shoot up or do something crazy like that you know then or some haram thing is going to happen or the some tawheen of the awliya is going to be there or you fear for your safety or whatever obviously the exceptions there's lists of exceptions to almost every rule but the rule is what? Is it sunnah to answer people's invitations if you're able to? And there's so much power. Like if just people would do that, if they would accept one another's invitation, it would make so much islah in society. They have like all these weird like studies and, you know, uh, we have to have a corporate retreat and like you close your eyes, like someone tells you to close your eyes and fall back and someone catches you and all this other nonsense and you have to buy tickets for it and like the retreats cost like hundreds of dollars like a person per day and, you know, yeah, exercise, confidence building exercises and people go out to like whatever. They ask me, Sheikh, uh, you know, our, we have like a thing in our work that we have to go to like whatever, Dave and Buster's and people are drinking alcohol. Can I, should I go? Or, and they have all this kind of stuff where you have to spend all this money doing things that what? If people just like ate dinner at each other's house like once every other month or whatever, right? You're going to eat dinner anyway. You don't have to be rich to do it. You eat dinner at someone's house and then you eat dinner at the next guy's house the next day. You pay double one time and then eat free the next time. It, financially, it like evens out. It's You're not taking any extra expense at all. The sunnah is so mubarak, mashallah. You know, if you do things properly, you get the same work done in almost, uh, you know, almost no money or in just a fraction of the, the resources that other people get it done. It would make so much islah in, in, in our society and people would actually have confidence in one another. So it's good, mashallah. If I were to give everyone a homework assignment, my homework assignment is go invite someone over to your house. Like that's never been your house before. And, uh, uh, you know, uh, I'll probably be out of town. So <laughs> do as I say, not as I do. But, you know, do that. Try, try it out, you know, uh, inshallah. And there's a lot of khair in it. You'll, you'll find out a lot of good. Do we have a lot of people over to the house, son? Do people visit us? It's good, right? Alhamdulillah. Well, if salam, and that you should spread salam, and we talked about that at some length before uh, when we were talk- when we, when we read the chapter of uh, spreading salam. وعن أبي هريرة رضي الله تعالى عنه أن رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم قال حق المسلم على المسلم خمس رد السلام وعيادة المريض واتباع الجنائز وإجابة الدعوة وتشميت العاطس. Sayyidina Abu Hurairah mentions that the Prophet ﷺ mentioned the same things, but he gives, he gives a, the first tafsirah and the first one is Amarana Allahu, or sorry, Amarana Rasulullah, that these are the things Rasulullah ﷺ commanded us to. And here, the, uh, the, the, but it, cover it up. The, uh, uh, the, the, the words that are used is Haqqul Muslim. That these are the rights of another Muslim on you. If you say La ilaha illallah Muhammadur Rasulullah, this is what you owe to other people who say La ilaha illallah Muhammadur Rasulullah. And when it comes to hukuk, the sunnah is what? To concern yourself with what you owe other people, not with what peop- other people owe you. You mind putting more incense on thing? And so what are they? Answering salams, visiting the sick, um, uh, following the procession, the funeral procession. Uh, and accepting uh, uh, invitations and uh, giving the benediction for the person who sneezes and says Alhamdulillah. 
وعنه رضي الله تعالى عنه قال قال رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم إن الله عز وجل يقول يوم القيامة يا ابن آدم مرضت فلم تعدني قال يا ربي كيف أعودك وأنت رب العالمين قال أما علمت أن عبد فلانا مرض فلم تعده أما علمت أنك لو عدته لوجدتني عنده يا ابن آدم استمتعتك فلم تطعمني قال يا ربي كيف أطعمك وأنت رب العالمين قال أما علمت أنه استطعمك عبد فلان فلم تطعمه أما علمت أنك لو أطعمته لوجدت ذلك عندي يا ابن آدم استسقيتك فلم تسقني قال يا ربي كيف أسقيك وأنت رب العالمين قال استسقاك عبد فلان فلم تسقه أما أما علمت أنك لو سقيته لو وجدت ذلك عندي رواه مسلم دزني This is a hadith, uh, uh, maybe people are familiar with it, maybe not. But it's this is a hadith that's like real, like deep, like spiritual. It's a hadith Qudsi about a discussion that someone will have with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala on the Day of Judgment. Um, and there's there's a lot, there's a lot of like spirituality in it. There's a lot of, it's like a, a, a very, uh, it's a very spiritually impactful hadith that people should think about. And it has to do with how Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, His transcendence, uh, um, it overwhelms people. You're not going to relate to Him, Jalla wa'ala. But He gives a little bit of like a, like, a, like a lifeline to you. That if you want to get close to me, this is how you're going to do it. Um, Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam is narrated by Sayyidina Abu Huraira radiallahu anhu. That he said sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, that Allah mighty and majestic is He on the Day of Judgment will say to a person, O son of Adam, I was sick and you didn't visit me. And before you like bust out the Aqidah Tahawiyah and Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam, then you can just listen to the rest of the hadith. He said, uh, yeah, O son of Adam, I was sick and you didn't visit me. Allah Ta'ala says this. Imagine someone hearing this from Allah Ta'ala on the Day of Judgment, that I was sick and you didn't visit me. He will say, Jalla wa'ala, Oh my Lord, how can I visit you and you're the Lord of the universe, you're the Lord of the worlds. Allah Ta'ala will say, did you, did you not know that my slave so-and-so was sick and you didn't visit him? Didn't you know that if you had visited him, you would have found me, uh, found me when you found him. Where he was, you would have found me there as well. He'll then ask him, Oh, son of Adam, I... I asked you to feed me and you didn't feed me. That person will say, Oh my Lord, how can I feed you and you're the Lord of the worlds? He said that, Did you not know that my slave so-and-so asked you for food, asked you to feed him and you didn't feed him? Did you not know that if you had fed him, you would have found that with me on this day? He will say, Oh son of Adam, I... I asked you for something to drink and you didn't even give me something to drink. I mean, this is like essentially like water. It's not even like, you know, okay, fine. 
some whoever comes and visits me, sometimes I have very expensive ginger ale and things like that. You know, if you're cool, I'll give you one. They're very small bottles. You don't get them in the state very easily, so it's very hard to get them. We're not talking about that. We're talking about what? We're just talking about a glass of water. That my uh, my slave so-and-so asked you to give, give him drink, and you didn't give him anything to drink. Uh, he'll say, oh my Lord, how do I give you to drink? And you're the Lord of the worlds. He'll say that my slave so-and-so asked you to, for something to drink and you didn't even give him a drink. Did you not know if you had given him something to drink that you would have found that with me today? And it's a hadith of Sahih Muslim. It's a hadith of Sahih Muslim. This is why, this is why when somebody asks you for something, if you have something to give that person, the sunnah is never to turn away and ask her empty-handed. Even if you just give a person a dollar or a quarter, even if you just give a person a dua, someone's like, whoa, shit, you know, they're just going to use it on drugs. Okay, you know, you even drug addicts eat something sometime. You understand what I'm saying? You can make the niya that the dollar is going to, to, to food. Okay, you don't want to do that? Don't even give it. At least you can give them a dua, right? You can't buy drugs with a dua, can you? You can't go to the crack dealer and be like, Barakallah fikum, where's my, where's my rock? So, all of these things, Sunnah is never to turn uh, turn a person away empty-handed. And so he'll say that, oh my, uh, oh son of Adam, my so and so, he uh, uh, he was sick, and you didn't visit him. And you're sorry, so I was sick, and you didn't visit me. And he says, how can I visit you when you're the Lord of the worlds? I mean, that's why one of the reasons places like this is Mubarak place. Somebody is like, you know, somebody is ill. Like There are various levels of like need, you know, some, you know, I was talking to Dr. Fahad, he, you know, he was saying, oh, it was just a premarital counseling. It's really easy because they're already in love. So you'll, you'll be like, oh, what about this? They'll be like, no, 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 I agree. I agree. And you just get right through it and things like that. Right. Uh, he goes, you know, it's more difficult when they're about, you know, when they come back later and they're about to, uh, you know, have a more vigorous discussion to say the least. <laughs> right but people come with like places like this with like pain and hurt and like various levels of illness and things like that uh that nobody else you know people can't deal with it's like overwhelming for other people to deal with so at least there's a place for them to come these thing, things are these things are mubarak these are not things that you should just say oh well you know that's just their thing and i'm not whatever i'm not gonna get treatment over there so why do i care this is, should be a pride for for the people of the ummah say the muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam these are places people can get help if you can't yourself become like a therapist or whatever, okay, go work at the hospital. If you can't yourself work at the hospital. One of the things that floors me is that, mashallah, so many Muslim doctors, where's the Muslim hospitals? Catholics have hospitals. Methodists have hospitals. Oh, but they've been here for longer. Oh, but they've, uh, uh, you know, they have more money. Okay, the Romans ha were there for longer than the Sahaba, and they had more money than the Sahaba. Didn't stop the Sahaba or the Allah like beating them pillar to post and like everything, everything they competed with. The Persians were there longer even than the Romans. It didn't stop the Sahaba radiallahu ta'ala anhum. Jalaluddin Rumi is writing poetry about the Prophet ﷺ. He's not writing poetry about like uh, uh, whatever, uh, uh, Zoroaster and things like that. Why? Because the Sahaba radiallahu anhum outcompeted them in everything. In everything. Despite having nothing at all, which made it all the more miraculous. So, uh, you know, this is stuff that we should do. These are things we should take seriously and we should be proud of them. We should, you know, take part in them. We should uh, uh, take them seriously. 
And if you can't do the thing yourself, then at least the person who's doing it, you can give to them. You know, if you're still broke and haven't built your like whatever like business empire yet, then you can at least you know like volunteer and help out. If you can't do any of that either, you can at least tell other people good word that okay, look, you know, there's this place happening. It's really good. You can talk it up with people. You can like whatever. You know, if you can't do anything useful, you can retweet somebody or reshare someone on Facebook. And if you can't, if you can't do that, you know, at least you can make du'a for people who are doing good things like this. The feeling in your heart. Almost all the things in the deen, even the actions themselves, the action itself is a like a, a vehicle. The passenger in the vehicle is what it's what 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 the state of the heart is, right? Wala dhikrullahi akbar. Allah Taala talks about inna salata tanha anil fahshai wal munkar that the salat uh, forbids a person or bars a person from indecency and from sin. And Allah Ta'ala says, وَلَا ذِكْرُ اللَّهِ أَكْبَرُ Allah Ta'ala says that the fact that you're, I mean, one of the, a number of meanings of this, this statement in this ayah, there are a number of meanings at a number of different levels. One of the meanings is what? Is that the fact that you're remembering Allah Ta'ala in the prayer itself, it's what validates the outward form of the prayer. So there's a lot of kind of goofball type people, like, you know, I'm not religious, I'm just spiritual. Okay, uh, well, uh, you know, like, uh, I don't like the prayer, it's like, I don't like organized religion and stuff, it's just a bunch of fixed rituals, and like, I, you know, I like, my heart is in the right place. Okay, that's very debatable, and that's something that no one will be able to prove, so it's a very con- convenient claim to make, that absolutely, like, is subjective to the max, there's no objective truth in it whatsoever, uh, that anyone can verify. So it's one of those types of things. If you said it or if you didn't say it, it's exactly the same. In fact, it's probably better if you didn't say it. But uh, on top of that, what what's the the salat itself? The salat is a vehicle that, that the passenger inside of it is the dhikr of Allah Ta'ala. We ourselves say that if your salat is devoid of the remembrance of Allah Ta'ala, it's devoid of khair. So all of these things, what? There's one person who will give a million dollars, one person who will give a thousand dollars, one person who will give ten dollars, one person who will, uh, you know, uh, volunteer, one person who will repost, one person who will do nothing but give du'a or at least feel happy about it. All of them, maybe they'll receive the same reward with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Why? Because it's commensurate with what the state in your heart is. If you can muster the same state in your heart by doing one of the above, then you're on, you're commensurate, you're on par with the other one. Now, obviously, you can't be rolling around like, like a whatever a billionaire and be like, yeah, I'm happy about it. I'm gonna, I just, you know, cha-ching, saved a billion dollars and whatever, right? Because <laughs> the state in your heart at that point, whatever you're telling yourself is one thing, but the real state in your heart is like, this is not even worth like what a normal person would flick a quarter at a, at a beggar. It's not even worth that much to me, right? So you're not getting that. So for different people, in order to bring that state in the heart, it, it involves doing different things. But don't be fascinated by the outward, you know, don't be fascinated. What's more important, the, 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 the vehicle or the passenger? Many people will probably say the vehicle. It's the passenger, okay? <laughs> don't be like a, a, a materialistic like goon, okay? It's the, it's the passenger, right? So at any rate, all of these things, that's the Nabi sorry, the hadith of the Prophet is not trying to tell you that the only way that you're going to find Allah Ta'ala is by visiting the sick and giving food and giving drink. Those are three very important things. The common thread is what? If you serve the creation of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for His sake, you will find that on the Day of Judgment, Allah ta'ala will treat you as if you did it for Him. In fact, He'll treat you better than a person would have uh, treated you if you did it for them. He's happier that you do that thing for, for that person than that person is to receive it themselves. And that's often the case. 
how many people are thankful for anything you do for them? Nobody's thankful about anything. When they need something from you, they'll take it. And then the next day, once they have what they want, they're doing better again. Except for the one who Allah has a khas mercy on, they'll act like they don't even know you. And that's okay, because you didn't do it for them. If you did it for them, you should have charged them. And just get what you want out of them right now, because later on, once they got what they need, they're not gonna, they're not gonna, they're not gonna, uh, you know, pick up your phone. They're gonna hit no. They're gonna put you on the block list and things like that. Nobody cares for what you. They'll pretend like you did nothing for them. Say, like, oh, that wasn't even a big deal. I didn't really need that, right? But if you do for Allah Subhanahu wa Taala, Allah Taala, one of his one of his names is Shakur, not the Tupac. No, the actual Shakur. And you're thinking, why does Allah Taala have to have shukr for anything? We're the ones who are supposed to be having shukr for Allah Ta'ala. Why is he, why is he, why is he, why is it from his sifat that he's shakur? It's not because he has to, it's because who he is, Jalla wa'ala. If you do something for his sake, he knows, he, he, he knows and he's, he's thankful for it. And it's like, you know, for example, right? If a, 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 a person does something like a little kid writes or, you know, does something for, a king, you know, but it's very touching. The king will reward that child not because he has to, but because he's touched by that, that what that child did, said something nice or did something cute or whatever, wrote a, a letter or whatever. You know, you know, someone writes a letter to the the orange-headed one, you know, saying that like, oh, you're making America great again, and it's real cute. And maybe he'll invite that kid to the White House and be like, oh, whatever, you know, this, that, and the other thing. Why? Is the the thankfulness is it reciprocated? No, it's far more thankfulness than the thing itself. So if a person can understand how you can get a reward from like the goons of this dunya, then think of Allah Ta'ala who who is sacred, who's holy, there's no blemish or fault in him. Nothing bad ever comes from him, Jalla wa'ala. And he's the one who created the heavens and the earth from nothing. If he's thankful to a person for something that they did, it's not because He's thankful because like he owes them. It's because he's he he's happy with that person, uh, and this is the way that you earn it. That on that day, if he's thanking you as if you had fed him, or as if you know, like one of us would have felt like if we someone fed us when we're hungry, or it's an intensity. It describes a type of intensity. If you wish for that, then uh, uh, um, uh, then then there's mashallah, Allah Taala is from his generosity opened up uh, uh, very. Uh, uh, Allah has opened up very easy doors for us to do those types of things. That's why, uh, like, you know, water fountains, you remember in Turkey, uh, uh, um, Imran? You remember in Turkey, there's water fountains all over the place, right? Um, that's from, the, the, like, old ancient water fountains. In those days, it was very difficult to even put water there for for people's usage. What, what, what was it? It's just the hope that people will keep drinking, people will make wudu from it, people will keep benefiting from it and Allah Ta'ala his mahabba his pleasure will be uh, more and more for that you know um, it's not for like nowadays it's like you know the water fountain is in the airport because TSA won't let you bring a bottle of water from the outside and people are you know don't can't afford five dollars for a bottle of water from from the, it's it's different it's a completely different theory it's a different thought process the two of them are similar like a dolphin and a shark are similar but really they're not very similar at all um Anyhow, you know, dar- dolphins, is a dolphin nice? Is a shark nice? No. What do you think? Would you like to go swimming with a dolphin one day? 
Would you like to swim with a shark? No. Yeah. Unfortunately, you still have to go to like middle school and high school. عن أبي موسى الأشعري رضي الله تعالى عنه قال قال رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم عود المريضة وأطعم الجايع وفك العاني رواه البخاري والعاني الأسير أبو موسى الأشعري رضي الله تعالى عنه said that the Prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم said in the, في صيغة الأمر in the imperative the command form visit the, visit the sick and feed the hungry and uh, 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 visit the sick and feed the hungry and free the free the pri- the the prisoner or the captive which also is an ishara towards something i think people forget about people illa man rahima rabbuhu except for very few people very few people think of the 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 people in prisons uh, uh, and and or like care about it so they just assume that oh these are all uh, uh, criminals and um, you know they're locked away because of what they did, and which there's obviously there's some of that there as well. But the fadl of Allah Taala is something that a person doesn't deserve, nor do they earn. And everybody has the right to the fadl of Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala. And if you wish it from Allah Taala, you should also give the way Allah Taala gives. Kamat to din to dan. The way you deal with people, that's the way the people are gonna uh, deal with you. The way you dish it out, that's how you're gonna take it as well one day. Um, and there are people, and you know, you should, you don't just write people off. People oftentimes behave horribly because people have written them off. No one expects anything from them, so then they give what they what, what give society what what's expected, which is nothing. Um, so all of these things, by the way, mashallah, uh, Ramadan is coming up. So uh, go talk to your masjid, and uh, you know, let let, let uh, you know get get a get a night for Islamic relief to raise money, inshallah, and uh, Allah Taala reward you. You'll get the. Uh, Ajr of all of these things as well, you know. Go, go take Brother Human and find some people that Khalil Center can raise money for, and all. Do these things. Don't just be like a passive, passive like end end user. Uh, that's that's just like you know. If you do that, that's great as well. Alhamdulillah. I'm not saying like, oh, if you don't raise money for whatever, then don't come to take Dars in the Khalil Center office or whatever. Using is great, but then afterward also give back as well somehow. There's no way that any of us can ever give back uh, anywhere near what Allah Ta'ala deserves. But, uh, you know, it's not an excuse to just give up 100%. You know, do something, mashallah. If you can't yourself cut a check for $100,000 or whatever, you know, facilitate something happening, Allah Subh'anaHu Wa Ta'ala will give you the reward of that. Allah Ta'ala will give you the, the reward for that. وَعَنْ ثَوْبَانَ رَضِيَ اللَّهُ عَنْهُ عَنِ النَّبِيِّ صَلَى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهُ وَسَلَّمَ قَالَ إِنَّ الْمُسْلِمَ إِذَا عَادَهُ أَخَاهُ الْمُسْلِمَ لَمْ يَزَلْ فِي خُرْفَةُ الْجَنَّةِ حَتَّى يَرْجِعَ قِيلَ يَا رَسُولُ اللَّهِ مَا خُرْفَةُ الْجَنَّةِ قَالَ جَنَاهَا So Thoban anhu he narrates that the Prophet وسلم, said, indeed the Muslim when he visits his brother Muslim, uh, and this is by the way this is this is not visiting sick Muslim this is just visiting another brother for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa taala and this is one of the things that we 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 miss out on um, is that even being a good friend to your friends is an act of piety. So you're like, yeah, I'm not trying to visit sick people. It's kind of a bummer, blah, blah, blah. Okay, no, you should do it. But even even so, 
right? You're hanging out with your friends, being a good friend to your friends, even that's an act of piety, but there's a different way to do it as a Muslim and a different way to do it as a kafir. Or a different way to do it according to the sunnah of the Muslims and a different way to do it according to the sunnah of the kuffar. Right? What do the kuffar do? They go out to eat and then they split, the, you know, each one of them takes their check and they, they uh, 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 you know, they go their separate ways. Sheikh, is that haram? I'm not talking about a fiqh, this is not a fiqh class. There are a lot of things that are not haram, but they may not be a good idea. Marrying a second wife without telling your first wife. It's not haram, but it's a really bad idea. I don't encourage anyone to do it. And if you do, then go to the hospital, treat your black eye afterward, like <laughs> come to Khalil Center and get treated for the trauma that's going to be unleashed on you. And you deserve it. I'm laughing at you with everybody else. Alhamdulillah. Right? But the idea is what? Not everything, you know, so this is not a fiqhi issue. This is what? This is an issue of character. This is an issue about. Of, of, of reflecting the values you learn from the sunnah in your own life, which is what? Which is if you're, you're going to all pay for your own bill, what is it? It's just reciprocity. I'm just being alone with a bunch of other people. You're all going and you're just being alone to, you know, in the same space. You act like you have concern for each other, but you don't manifest that concern in any tangible way at all. It's better to eat at Taco Bell. You guys all thumb Everyone makes fun of me. I say Taco Bell. Right? It's better to eat a bean burrito at Taco Bell and love one another than it is to uh, you know, have sushi and just be stuck up and like be self-centered person. Allah Ta'ala is not impressed by your elegance or style or the quality of your ingredients or how organic things are. Allah is impressed with, not impressed, but Allah is happy with sincerity. For you to be brothers with each other, eating bean burritos is more more close to the love of Allah Taala than you know behaving uh, with the adat and the adab of, of wealthy people, uh, uh, but just all be being stuck up and concerned for for yourself. The Sunnah of the Prophet When some of you cook something like a soup, put more water in it, uh, water it down, and then send some of it to your neighbors. Allah will put the barakah, it's not watered down. In the dunya, it looks like it's watered down, you actually like made it better. With Allah Ta'ala, you made it better. With Allah Ta'ala, the one that you ate yourself, that was the watered down one. That was the, the poor quality one. That was the, the, the one that, that has no flavor and has no uh, enjoyment in it. So this is a sunnah of the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Sorry, that a Muslim, when he uh, uh, visits his brother Muslim, uh, he will... Uh, he will be in the khurfa of Jannah until he returns to his home. It was said, O Messenger of Allah, what is the khurfa of Jannah? Uh, and he says, uh, Janaha. Uh, he says what? He says, Janaha. Bifat al Jimi bin Noonin Maqsurin, Qalaf al Nihaya, Ibn al Athir. Al Nihaya fi Gharib al Athar, write it down, Ibn al Athir. It's a it's a it's a dictionary for the difficult words of of the uh, that are transmitted in the hadith. Ibn al Athir wrote it. It's called Nihaya fi Gharib al Athar. Yeah, قال في النهاية في النهاية هو ما يجني من الثمر. It's the it's the 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 low hanging fruit that that person is. Grabbing the low-hanging fruit of Jannah until he. وَالْمَعْنَى أَنَّهُ بِسَعِيهِ إِلَىٰ عِيَادَةِ الْمَرِيدِ يَسْتَوْجِبُ الْجَنَّةَ وَمَخَارِفَ وَمَخَارِفِهَا. 
that by by going to visit uh, uh, his brother, uh, uh, um, he is he is uh, uh, making you know he's sealing the deal on the low hanging fruit of Jannah. One, Aliyan. كرم الله وجهه ورضي الله تعالى عنه قال سمعت رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم يقول ما من مسلم يعود مسلما غدوة إلا صلى عليه سبعون ألف ملك حتى يمسيا وإن عاده عشية صلى عليه سبعون ألف ملك حتى يصبح وكان له خريف في الجنة رواه الترمذي وقال حديث حسن والخريف الثمر والمخروف أي المجتنى سيدنا علي رضي الله تعالى عنه he, uh, 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 he narrates that I heard the messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wasallam say that there is no Muslim who visits another Muslim in the day except for 70,000 angels uh, 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 will, 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 will pray for that person's uh, blessings and for, for khair and barakah for that person until the night falls. And if he visits him in the night time, then 70,000 angels will uh, invoke the blessings of Allah Ta'ala on that person until the morn, morning. Uh, and that that person will, uh, uh, will uh, be given the low-hanging fruit of Jannah. For, the, for that action, they will be given the low-hanging fruit of Jannah. And kharif, kharif means like uh, the fall. I, I, I suppose the, 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 the munasabah between the two, the two words is that the fall is the time of harvest. That person will, will be given a kharif in Jannah.